We are back and better than ever here at Professional Qualify. We have a new season on tap after a little summer hiatus as all our favorite hosts and co-hosts and guests moved around and got situated all around the country. I'm Kirk Beto and I'm actually coming to you from Washington, D.C. Now I just started a new job at National Journal. I was getting settled here over the summer, but we have a great lineup of shows scheduled for you. This upcoming fall, we're going to have the return of our NBA winners and losers that was really popular last year. We're sorting out and finalizing our great movie pod lineup. It's going to be really good, and we're going to have a lot more sports content. Thank you guys for tuning back in with us, and we promise you we're going to have more stuff coming up soon. But today, we have huge entertainment news. First off, Spider-Man has left the MCU. Uh, As reported last week by Deadline, Sony and Walt Disney Pictures failed to reach a new agreement on Spider-Man, and Sony is now retaining the rights to the Web Slinger for all future products. Now, the situation is still a little fluid, but just this rumored leaked news has thrown the whole future of the MCU in doubt, even as they start debuting all these other new movies at D23 at the Massive Disney Fan Conference. Speaking of D23... We had some incredible news about the future of Star Wars, including Ewan McGregor returning as Obi-Wan for a Disney Plus series, an extended look at The Mandalorian, another series on Disney Plus, and some exciting new footage from the upcoming conclusion to the Skywalker saga, The Rise of Skywalker. It's a lot to break down, and to help me make sense of this brave new world, I have on my pop culture right-hand man, my aficionado himself, Chandler Beto. Chandler, how are you doing? I'm uh, doing really well. I'm actually doing super, super well. What what has you doing super well? Well, I woke up this morning because I, I heard that the the D23 sizzle reel of Star Wars was going to be released. And I woke up two minutes before it dropped, not knowing it was supposed to drop at 8.30. But I woke up and I got the tweet notification from the Star Wars account. I quickly rushed to my desktop computer and viewed it quite a few times. Well, that's that's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I watched it this morning as well. And let me tell you, uh, Skywalker isn't the only thing that's rising, if you know what I'm saying. I do. All right. So do you want to start with Star Wars? Or you want to talk uh, the MCU? Let's do MCU first. All right. Well, I'm going to preface this conversation with this, Chandler. You are a big Debbie Downer about the future of the MCU now that Spider-Man has left. I, on the other hand, am very hopeful because we have The Eternals, which looks pretty solid. All the shows on Disney+, Plus, except for maybe WandaVision, which I'm not too excited about. But we're also going to have a new Doctor Strange sequel, Thor Love and Thunder, with Natalie Portman coming back in a bigger role. And most importantly, we have the Fantastic Four and the X-Men just waiting in the wings to take center stage in this movie universe, and I think they're going to be fine. I think... I'm not, I'm not doubting they're going to be fine, but like if you look at their next two movies on tap, you know, Black Widow in May of 2020, and then uh, The Eternals, which comes out in November of 2020. I don't think those movies, like, you don't need to make a billion dollars to be considered a successful movie, but I don't think those movies are going to make a billion dollars. And I think for me personally, ever since Endgame and Far From Home were released, my joy of Marvel has just kind of steadily, steadily declined. Because my interest is just like, I think it's over. Like, you told the 11-story arc, and the interesting character... And unfortunately, now all the inter- interesting characters are just, like, gone. And the next interesting... The, the next really interesting story that we're not gonna, that we're going to get is going to come in, like, 2022 or 2023 with Guardians 3. 
Well, Chandler, let me ask you this. So what Marvel content has come out since the end of Endgame and Far From Home? Well, that's it. Nothing, which is fine because it's okay to have a break. We, we aren't going to get any Marvel content until May. But like all the shows they announced, like She-Hulk and the Hawkeye show and the Loki show, I just don't, honestly, I just don't care about. I'm like, okay. If they, if they, were, if they were making movies cool. out of and them, would you care just more? Like, or is it just, or is it, or is it a streaming bias? No, I wouldn't. Those, I mean, again, a Hawkeye movie is not going to make a billion or even $900 million. It just won't. And so they're going the easy route and saying, we're going to go into a streaming service where we can make that money back through people streaming us. But it's like for me, there's only so much like Marvel movies I can watch where it's just these super powerful people beating up other super powerful people with no with nothing in between well chan that's comics isn't it it's true but, but, but that, 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 and what do you what, what would you what would you want in between like what's this well, in between like stuff that you would want story that's why i look at you know home spider-man homecoming where it was a great coming of age story where spider-man wasn't beating up on like a super powerful god he was beating up on some guy who just had some wings so how did you feel walking out of far from home and are you sad that we're never going to see a conclusion to that story everything that i've read they they can still continue like it's still sony's property so they can still continue on with that story it just it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to maneuver around mr stark and happy. Uh, are you uh, excited to watch Uncle Ben die for the fourth time now? I mean, I don't think I think I don't think Sony's gonna be that stupid to show us Uncle Ben dying again. I mean, it, it could be an easy out. I mean, you just replace Mr. Stark with Uncle Ben as his mentor figure who he's doing this for. See, that's another storytelling problem because then, like, it's gonna be it's gonna I mean it's gonna confuse the casual audience member like Uncle Ben. We've only like seen him briefly mentioned twice in these movies like why is he now all of a sudden peter's like guardian or his like mentor now i thought that was mr stark so it's very interesting to see what they're gonna do with spider-man now that they have free they honestly have free reign to do with whatever they want are you are you looking forward to uh, spider-man fighting venom i mean people are i i saw people on like twitter saying like they've messed up like ever since spider-man 3 they've been messing up all their movies but like you know, Venom wasn't all that great, but it almost made nine hundred million the box office. And then they they was that te- was that the type of engaging story that you want, Chandler? You want a Venom story? Is that what you want? I'm gonna be truthful. I haven't seen Venom, so I I will oh. have to say no hmm. opinion. Hmm. Um, but they did. Sony did make uh, a little animated movie called Into the Spider Verse, though. And that was a good movie. Yes, and. The, they're, Sony's bringing back the entire creative team from the Spider-Man movies to write the, the write and make the third one. So there is hope. Like you don't need to be like, oh no, like Sony's gonna mess up Spider-Man. It doesn't matter. You're still gonna go see. It's still gonna make a billion dollars, most likely. Well, and you, you know, I'm thinking about what you said about you know you not being very excited about what's coming up after Far From Home and the Marvel slate and how nothing really excited you. I think you're just suffering from a little Marvel fatigue right now, and you've been le- reading a, a little bit too many of the tweets and everything online, because I find myself thinking the same thing. If I spend too much time on like my Instagram Discover page, or too much time on like Stan Twitter accidentally, you know what I'm saying? Then I've, I know th- exactly what you mean. And I get like exhausted from it. But if I feel I just do like a week-long detox from that, and I like don't check my Discover page, I don't look at the replies to all the tweets and everything, and I just enjoy it on its own terms, I feel like you'll get that cleansed right out of you. 
because I actually am really excited about like the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. I think the Eternal. I don't know. I'm not too familiar with the Eternals, but you know, it's supposed to be this big space epic and everything, like almost Game of Thrones in space. And I'm cool. I'm excited about that. Your boy Kit Harington's in it. Angelina Jolie. So I'm not too tired of it yet. I'm very interested to see in how they go in the future. I am a little interested that they did not make any X-Men or Fantastic Four announcement at D23. Because I feel like if you're going to transition to a new core four or whatever, or new face of the MCU, now that Spider-Man's out, Tony Stark is dead and Captain America's retired, and you're consigning some of those B-level guys to either Disney Plus or just retiring those characters like the Hulk, I think it'd be really interesting to put the Fantastic Four in there. Because as we've seen with the Incredibles, both Incredibles, Disney does those family superhero movies pretty well. And I think Disney in Disney's hands, the Fantastic Four can actually be something amazing. I mean, I was one of my like inside like Hollywood people said that um, we won't get any of that news until at least 2020. Like it will be either San Diego Comic-Con next year or D23 next year. They're not going to mention anything about okay, it. Okay, okay, you know, I'm fine. I'm still, I'm still going to see these movies. Which is, which is, which is I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not going to be like, you know what, I'm just not going to watch these. I will. Will I be there on opening night? I don't think mm-hmm. so. Were, 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 there, were there any of the Disney, pro, uh, the uh, Marvel projects or anything like that that were announced that you got, like, genuinely excited for? Not, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't want to say, like, I'm not excited for them because, like, I'm, if I'm not excited for them, I'm not going to go see them. Because of course I'm going to go see them. There's just so much of that Marvel formula I can take. Like with the Eternals, from what you just said, it's going to be a big space battle. But how much of that's just going to be like Thor Ragnarok or Guardians of the Galaxy? No, okay. Hey, I did not say a space battle. I said a space well, sorry, epic. Sorry. And I, and I'm thinking. I'm thinking on the scale of like game, like how the second Thor tried and failed to do like. Game of Thrones with the Asgardians. I feel like the Eternals, it can set up a more successful version of that in space. I'm not, you know, don't get me wrong. I like a big spectacle as much as the next guy. I thought the last scene in Endgame was incredible. I saw Endgame three separate times because I loved it so much. And I love the end of Guardians of the Galaxy as well. But I'm not going to the movie to see like thousands of Nova Corps ships exploding in the sky or anything. I think they're going to do a good job with this. I mean, even the bad Marvel movies are a lot like pizza, you know? When they, they're good, they're great. And when they're bad, hey, they're still pretty good. So I'm still going to keep seeing them. I don't know if that works with uh, Thor The Dark World. All right, the, the Dark World might just be the uh, the dustbin at the bottom of the barrel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I'm still going to go see them. It was just like, I mean, uh, I, I don't I don't want to, again, I'm trying to be not to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but just like, because, you know, I'm going to, I'm trying to not be a downer, but uh, I'm, here's some downers. I'm gonna be because you you know you you hear me being a downer about the MCU, but then it, when we start talking about Star Wars, I'm just gonna go like head over heels and faint over that. Yeah, are you? So let let's transition. Are you? We're talking about a little bit of a Marvel wait, fatigue. Before, sorry, wait. Before we go on, I do need to ask you this question. Now that Spider-Man is a part of Sony, with what Sony's about to do with Spider-Man, do you believe we're about to see how important Kevin Feige has been? So my, my thought process with this is I'm interested I'm interested to see if Tom Holland returns as Spider-Man. If Tom Holland returns as Spider-Man, then I'll start considering that question a little bit more. But because everything's so up in the air right now, I haven't really put it on. Instead of Kevin Feige, I'm going to put it on Disney. But this character who has been 
beloved in the five right five movies that he's been in and if they just try to keep that same mojo going over into sony even if he's not going to be interacting with some of the other heroes or some of the other characters that we've grown to know over a decade plus of films then i'll be looking at that more than whether or not kevin feige is a success or not but if they completely recast spider-man if they put in a new new spider-man they do a reboot and everything like that then i think we're going to be looking more as a sony versus disney thing but i think if tom holland stays on and everything it muddies the waters a little is what i'm trying to say i i know exactly what you mean and that was what i was pondering as well because we know that tom holland is one of the one of the few internet's boyfriends and so we instantly know no matter what i mean i'm not saying it's like for other movies people are gonna go flock to the movie theaters and see them but like for a spider-man movie we're gonna be like first in line to see well exactly and again you need to stay off stand twitter and you need to delete your instagram for a week from what it sounds like but let's transit let's transition to another franchise that we've grown up with our entire lives i can't remember a time in my life without star wars but let's talk star wars now because we're reaching the end of the skywalker story how do you feel about that first off like the new footage is out there it's rise of skywalker emperor palpatine's back ray might turn evil we're not gonna get, i don't want to get into the fan theories about that at all but i want to just talk to you as a lifelong star wars fan how do you feel with the saga coming to a close i think i mean I want to do the same thing I did for the last Jedi and just like wipe my social media clean when, like when it's the premiere night of it, it's like whatever that day is. Cause I don't want to like, I, uh, I don't want to be around for those hot takes and those terrible takes and just like have my mind melted by just these awful human beings trying to trash this beloved franchise. And so my just expectations going into it is like a gr- finishing off a great, story with a crowd-pleasing finale in a way that really sends off the the, the sequel trilogy the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy in a very high note that is like going to be the standard for what i mean i think even since the force awakens came out i think that's been the standard of what a blockbuster canon should be do you agree i, I don't know how they're gonna land this plane I don't know how they're going to land I mean, this it's, plane. It's, it, there, there's no way they can do all this in like two hours. It's going to be a three-hour movie. That's a long. That's a long haul. That's a very long haul because you're not only tying up the char- You're not only tying up the story of the characters that we've known, gotten to know from the sequel trilogy. You know, Finn, Poe, Ray, Kylo, but also bringing a satisfying conclusion, conclusion to those older characters that we've known since 1979. I don't think they're going to put a whole lot of. Uh, into the prequels and everything i'm very excited to see how they land this plane with the footage today it looks like it's going to be epic and when i went to go see once upon a time in hollywood one of the trailers before that was the first trailer for rise of skywalker and i just got goosebumps the whole time watching it and when the music started swelling up and everything and then when palpatine started laughing i got chills so whatever trepidations i have now with this I know that they're just going to wash right away the second the lights go down in the theater and the second we hear the and the opening crawl comes up. That's just everything else is going to be out the window. And I will be nine years old again with you playing with our action figures on the floor of our basement, 
hitting each other with lightsabers around the backyard. And that is what I am looking forward to about Rise of Skywalker. And we get to see it in Disney. You're right. We're going to be traveling at that time. And I'm very, very excited about it. Watching that sizzle reel where it starts off with the original trilogy, goes to the prequels, shows footage from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and then we get the, the like the 30 seconds of random clips of The Rise of Skywalker just like brought goosebumps. And I was shaking the entire time watching it. Just like, and all these series just are going through my mind trying to piece together what this, what the plot could be in the fate of our new heroes could be mm-hmm. are you i mean i'm so excited about it. and they've been doing a great job of building the hype train for this just like uh force awakens and the last jedi and everything and i i'm going to encourage you and all our listeners and all the, the star wars fans because i know there's a few of them john i'm talking directly to you right now and i know you haven't really liked the prequels or the sequels all that much but give this one a chance I think the characters that they've introduced so far in the sequel trilogy have been really incredible and really special. And I'm excited to see how this one ties everything together. And also, we're going to get Ray wielding a uh, double-sided red lightsaber. And that's uh, that's worth the price of admission on its own, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, if Darkseid Ray were to kill me, um, I'm saying this right now, do not prosecute her. Uh, she caught me slipping. It is all on me. So... Just putting it out there. This is this is you're talking like Stan Twitter now, Chandler. This is we gotta move on. I know that's this is I I don't I I spend like I don't like tweet Stan stuff. I do read a whole lot of stuff because you know it fries my brain to look at that stuff. But yeah, uh, Dark Side Ray is gonna be very interesting to see how they deal with her. And I one of the reasons why I said I'm, I'm gonna delete Twitter because um, one of the stupidest complaints I've heard about this sequel trilogy. Is that people don't like it because their fan theories aren't coming true, which is one of the dumbest film critiques I have heard in my lifetime. And so, if you if you're a fan of Star Wars, I I hope that you just delete your social media because it's not going to be a fun time on there. Yeah, and I, I I would suggest that for everyone to just to tweet less and get off Twitter more for not just Star Wars, but uh, for most things. Yeah, and can we before we go on? Can we agree that like. Marvel had their presentation, but just no, no matter what, we see the power that Star Wars has. Yeah, Star Wars isn't going anywhere. And speaking of Star Wars not going anywhere, with the Skywalker oh, yes. with the Skywalker trilogy concluding, we're about to push ourselves into a little bit more of a brave new world here with the Mandalorian, with the Ewan McGregor series, and they're really expanding out the universe a little bit more. How do you how do you feel about that, Chandler? Are you worried about it? No, I no. I'm not. This is like, this is the, like it, you know, going back to your Marvel thing about pizza, same thing with Star Wars. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's still pretty good. I have full faith. This is so wizard, Annie. Um, I'm, I have full faith in Dave Fillion and John Favreau to deliver a great Western style Star Wars series because it, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. <laughs> it, looks really cool. It, looks really cool. it looks dope. But it's also weird to see that John Favreau went from directing whatever that Lion King thing was to a Star Wars show in the same year. Well, see, I go back even further because I watched Swingers for the first time earlier this year, and I think to myself, the guy who wrote and directed Swingers, just a straight up send up of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and Reservoir Dogs 
is directing a Star Wars TV show. What a world. What a freaking world. Yeah, and I mean, there's no way this is going to fail. And like the best thing, too, about this TV series coming to Disney+, Plus, they're releasing it each episode one week at a time. I didn't know they were doing it serialized like that. That's going to be awesome. Yep. And so instead of just like throwing all episodes on there on November 12th so we can all just binge it and then be like, well, what are we we doing now? They're probably going to release every single episode leading up to the Rise of Skywalker. Those bastards. They did it. it, You crazy son of a bitch, you did it. It's interesting, too, because The Mandalorian takes place after episode six. Yeah, so and it's like so immediate, there, there could, like a few, like it's closer to episode six than it is episode seven. Yes, so we could see breadcrumbs that leads to episode nine throughout each episode. That's going to be so cool. That's going to be so cool. And so, are you, are you, yes, yeah. however, however, that on that same day The Mandalorian was announced, uh, something else was announced that overshadowed it, in my opinion. Hello there. During D23, Kathleen Kennedy came out and was like, we've had a great day, but we have one more surprise. And then the lights dimmed, and then Duel of the Fates started playing, and a picture of Obi-Wan appeared on screen, and Ewan McGregor walked out and walked towards Kathleen Kennedy and said, Kathleen, I need you to ask me just one question. And she said yes. And he said, ask me... Are you going to play Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And she said that, and he said yes. And then that was it. That's all we needed to know. Did you die a little? And then they... Oh, I fainted. And then news broke again saying that they had... They've written the entire series already. Like, it's done. And they're filming next year. So, I have questions. When is this yes. series going to take place and where? I'm... That, that's the thing. They, they have about an 18-year gap between... Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope to do with what they want to with Obi-Wan. And for some reason, I just don't think he just sat in a cave for 18 years. Like Tony Stark? There, yeah, there has to be stuff that he had that he had to do to protect Luke from the Empire. So what do we think it's going to be? It's going to be Obi-Wan doing little uh, missions on the side here and there, fighting some sand people... You know, building a life for himself as a little wizard on Tatooine. What if he seen him become a, like a like a broken man almost? We could also see him. He, I bet he's all. I bet one of the plot lines is going to be him perfecting the Force Ghost thing that Qui Gon did. Ooh, are we going to get a Liam Neeson cameo? Oh, Qui Gon Jinn, welcome back. Um, but it just it like this whole D twenty three. It's like, yeah, cool Marvel stuff, yay! But then it just shows you the power that Star Wars just has over everything. That no matter what, as soon as something is announced, it just eclipses everything. Uh, Chandler, if there's one thing I've learned from our uh, conversation so far here, it's uh, it's a good time to be a nerd. It is a very, very good time it, to be a nerd in America. Oh, yeah. And the, 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 I mean, no matter what, you know, I shit on Marvel sometimes. I praise Star Wars. No matter what, it all comes down to just, like, I rewatched The Force Awakens a few days ago because I saw a video online because um, Star- the new Star Wars line is about to open in Hollywood Studios at Disney World. And I saw a video of a little girl dressed in a Ray costume. And they were doing like a march of the Imperial Forces where like the Stormtroopers were... I saw that, I saw that video too, yeah. And she's like repelling she's, them. Like, using the Force push to repel them. And they're like, the Stormtroopers are going along with it. The person dressed as um, 
Um, Captain Faz is going along with it. Kylo Ren's going along with it. And then the Ray character, she's dressed as Ray. And then the Ray character comes up and like interacts with her, picks her up, and carries her like with her throughout the parade. And like that's just what th- that it's all about. That's honestly what it's all about. Is those moments right there to cherish that the the these series and these, even though it's like it's cool to like poop on Disney because they're a big corporation trying to monopolize this industry. It's cool to see those moments and the happiness that these big universes bring with people and to people. Well, it's something you can share across time. Like, how excited is Dad to see the Star Wars land? How excited is he to go see the new movie with us? How about the Mar- Oh yeah, mom and dad, mom and dad are making sure like they get tickets for us to go to Galaxy's Edge when we're there. all together, and that's something that like all together, and that's something that bridges a lot of people together. And I, that you're right, Chandler. That's what it's all about. Get off social media and, I, and enjoy the moment. You know. And, and when I learned that we were gonna be like on vacation when the Rise of Skywalker premiered, I was like, oh man, like. I, 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 it's one of those things where it's like you need to see it opening night. Like no matter where you are and what you're doing, you need to see this like opening night. And and then I realized I was like, wait a minute, we le- we go on our cruise on the 21st, so we have a full day on the 20th to do whatever. So I remember I texted Dad and I called Dad and I was like, Dad, what are we doing the night, the late afternoon or night of the 20th? He goes, I don't think anything. And I thought of Dad, since we're gonna be in Disney World, what if we went to go to Dis- went to Disney Springs and watched Rise of Skywalker together with Kirk and finished off this forty two year saga together. Off in the heart and together in the heart of it all. That's pretty and special. It, it just, like, That's pretty special. It's pretty special. And it just it, it shows you that the legacy that Star Wars has is was started with Dad and it was carry down to you and i and we all get to finish it together and you know that's uh i hope one day uh when i'm uh 55 years old and decide to start having kids uh that's something i can share with them too uh i think th- yeah, I- and i'll just be living I'll, I'll be living off your kids too so <laughs> well no you'll, you'll show them to the dog oh yeah i'll, I'll bring my I'll, I'll just freeze my cats in carbonite and just like dethaw them and then go watch it with yeah them. when uh they actually do episode uh 42 in a few years down the line and they just continue this shit but I think this is just as good a time to any to uh, sw- uh, transition into our final segment, our week in pop culture. This has been a very pop culture heavy podcast. But Chandler, have you consumed, read, watched, ingested any other pop culture this week besides the D two three news that you want to share? I did. Um, so um, at the start of the year, my goal was to go see by like you know the last few releases of 2019 so a little bit carry over a little carry over to january to have seen a hundred new released movies in 2019 oh wow oh wow i'm i'm currently at 96 um and so i I really was hitting my stride between april and like july when i was like seeing like three or weekly and so i've sort of been not seeing a whole lot i didn't want to go out and see them give myself a break before um Fall festival season starts and Oscar season starts uh, in a few the days. The serious movie but watching. I, the, the serious movie watching, you know, because Joker comes out in like a month and a half. So, um, but I did see a movie that was released by Fox Searchlight, which is weird because technically uh, the Walt Disney uh, Pictures released it because they own every asset that 20th Century Fox has. But it was a cool, awesome movie has made my top 10 of the year and it's called Ready or Not. With your girl Margot Robbie. 
it's discount Margot Robbie. Yeah. And how and how was and Ready or Not? So basically, it's it's like a scathing co- commentary on the rich. It's like you know, we might not ever get to see this movie. It's kind of like The Hunt, but um, basically, this guy marries this girl, and they have a tradition within the family to play a game, and it could range from like a normal game of chess, um, checkers, or there's one game called uh, Hide and Seek. But there's a twist to the hide and seek segment, and the the groom was like, "I just don't want her to pick hide and seek," but she does pick it on act on like because it's like a game of chance, and basically, she has until dawn to hide, or else the family murders her. I'm not gonna spoil it the 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 bigger plot to it or the the weird twists, but that is the basic premise of it. She has to hide until dawn and not be killed by this family. And then Margot Robbie turns the tables on them, and the hunted becomes the hunter. It's, I mean, it's discount Margot Robbie, but still, she looks a lot, like there were some shots I was like, that looks just like Margot Robbie, but it was really good. It made my top ten of the year. Uh, go see it if you can. It's a really, really fun, really funny movie too, and a great time with the movies. You should go see it. What about you, Kirk? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I read a book. I'm. Finishing up Gay Talese's profile of the New York Times in the 1960s called The Kingdom and the Power. Really, really well done. And it speaks to a different age of journalist, uh, different age of a journalist. And I'm enjoying it now as I'm starting to rub up against some of these really old in the ground institutions of power here in our nation's capital. And it's been eye opening to me to see where they're coming from, where they derive their power from. And what they were at that certain snapshot in their uh, existence. And I've really enjoyed it. But that's... Uh, yeah. Oh, you read a book. Uh, that's all the time. <laughs> it's not just uh, comic books and uh, Star Wars, every, it's, it's, folks. It's, the, fine, uh, we're it's diverse. the finer literature of this world. It's the finer things in life. Well, folks, that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for listening to us and our return. Like I said, we got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe here. Sports, movies, more pop culture. James is working on some good stuff. Tatum's going to be coming back here soon once he gets his permanent shop set up in Nashville. As always, rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify. Follow us on all your social media platforms. On Twitter, we are at pro underscore unqualified. And we'll talk to you guys again real soon. Thanks for stopping by. Good night. Bye, guys.